All right, what's up? What's up? Welcome. Yes, welcome to the Taz Show. I am Taz. Hello, everyone. Thank you for downloading this episode of the show. I appreciate that very much. We're in that harvest season or autumn. Neither probably. I I always say that. I don't know what the frick I'm talking about. Thanksgiving, like, around the block. So it's like, is that harvest? Is that autumn? It's a cornucopia of... uh, Turkey and stuffing and Thanksgiving and fall, like orange and gold. I don't know. Thanks for downloading the show. Um, appreciate you. You know that very much. A little Taz Hall in this episode. Haven't done a Taz Hall in a while, but uh, we're here to do one with you guys. And uh, we put the questions out there. We put the, the gimmick out there on Instagram, on the my official Instagram, which is Taz Talk, T A Z T A L K. Um, a lot of I've been dealing with a lot of business stuff behind the scenes, good stuff. So working on those things, as I touched on the last podcast. So be some cool changes coming about real soon here for my content and whatnot, and what I'm doing in my career. 2020 is going to be a different year than the past. Yeah, you know, the past couple of years have been for me. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's just put th- like that again. Can't get into too much detail, but soon one of these episodes that's coming up before. Definitely before the holidays, before, you know, you'll you'll know more about what your boy is doing or not doing going forward because uh, I made some decisions. I just want to make sure that I can uh, come forward with them on what I'm going to do with my career and what not. Uh, and as far as the Taz show or my content, well, that's not going anywhere. That's going to you're going to still be able to pull it into your life in some way, shape or form. Um, and um, yeah, so they'll. Um, yeah, you're going to, you know, the Taz show is, well, the, the Taz content. I should have had a prepared statement here, but, you know, what am I going to do? Do a prepared statement? Like, a, what am I, running for office? I'm not doing that. I've never been office. Not yet anyway. Maybe someday. All right, Taz, well, here we go. Individuals, it is I, Bowami, and welcome to the Taz Hall. Let your voices Yes, Bawami, he too will be going away soon from this content But he did a great job on that open Uh, So here we go, Cisco underscore Escobar Who will legit jump ship to AEW from WWE next? Aha, that's a good question That's a good question Because, you know, I like the way, Cisco, you posed that question Because you didn't say who will go from... Uh, AEW to WWE because that wouldn't make much sense right now because AEW is still so new and all these guys and gals are under newer contracts so they all have either one year left on their deal or two years or three years or whatever they signed for you know I don't know the nooks and crannies of the contracts so that's why it's good you posed the question the way you posed it my man <clears throat> now who will well that's like a needle in a haystack type question Tough to answer that one, obviously Um, yeah, I mean It seems like there's a handful of uh, You know, unhappy campers in WWE land And, and, you know, that goes without saying In the wrestling business Because of creativity um, Because you don't like the way you're being pushed or being used Maybe you don't like the money you're getting Or making and whatnot So, I mean, I don't know I I know WWE has been re-upping a lot of people you know, uh, you know, trying to keep them afloat and keeping them under the WWE umbrella, which is smart of them. Uh, you know, it's such a tough question. It's such a broad question. I'd love to answer it. It's tough to answer, to be frank. Um, especially if you look at the NXT talent, there's so much new young characters, and and you look at what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown. There's just so many. You know, yeah. it, it's it's tough. And again, I don't know people's contractual situations. Um, so, you know, I don't know I don't know, I don't know I would like to see this, though I wouldn't mind seeing, let's just say hypothetically I don't know the guy's status But let's say an EC3 
down the road in an AEW in a big angle with MJF. I think that'd be pretty cool. So uh, that's just me spitballing, just some creative. But so I don't know. Um, tough to answer that one, Cisco. I mean, I, I, it's tough to put a name on something if I don't know someone's contractual agreement. Um, I haven't seen EY in a while. Maybe an Eric Young. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, just just to give you a little something. Maybe he's. I, I haven't watched. Wow, I'm trying to think. Have I seen? No, I haven't seen EY Eric Young in a while. With the group um, hmm. So I don't know, maybe him What else we got? We got uh, the Poppy Angel uh, Do you find it more difficult to be Critical Jones on AEW's Product with your recent On-air work? Wow, look at this guy Going right in, not playing around um, I wouldn't say difficult You know, I mean I'm, I'm entitled to my opinions, I'm not on the contract To AEW, and even if I was I'd be entitled to my opinions, right? I'm a free agent still um, but no, I, I don't find it more difficult. I like what they're doing, you know? So it's like, um, I also, I get what your point is. I'm not, not bashing your point, dude, seriously, because I do know how hard they work and what they're trying to do and that they're so new and it's an ambitious thing they're doing, but they're getting it done, you know, and their ratings last week were really good AW. And that's why I've said in the past when I've been critical of WWE, I, I've always put that caveat on it that, the writing teams and the wrestlers and the agents and the referees and the front office, the goal is to always have the best show possible each and every night you're doing a, a TV show. So AW is the same feeling. When I was in ECW, that's how it was. When I was in WWE, that's how it was. When I was in TNA, that's how it was. Yes, TNA, that's how it was. Trust me. Everyone put pressure on themselves to do great. Uh, everybody involved. And it's the same thing I felt the two TVs or one TV, one pay-per-view that I was at with AW. So um, that's what makes it tough to be critical because I, you know, I like what they're doing right now. Um, I do. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect what they're doing, but for the most part, it's almost time for water break already. No, come on. It's too early. For the most part, I really like everything they're doing. So that's the main thing, you know, for me not to be critical on them. Um, And again, it's still new. So you got to let these storylines evolve. You gotta let things um, get rolling and stuff like that, and 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 I think that that's that's what we're seeing starting to happen. By the way, speaking of AEW, you see they they call the the the, the this, what do you call it the show in Miami uh, Bash at the Beach, which I think is awesome. The, the, it's that's pretty cool uh, at the Watsco Center at University of Miami. Yes, tickets start. Whoa, that thing went by. I was on their website. They went by really quick. Uh, Friday, November twenty second. Tickets on sale. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Bash at the Beach edition of AEW AEW Dynamite. That's pretty cool. Bash at the Beach. You remember that? WCW Jones. You guys remember that? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, no. So I, I don't, um, I like I said, I don't, uh, just so you guys know, I try not to, and those that are, that are new to my content, I want to let you notice, I really try hard whenever I do do any critiques, and I haven't done a lot of critiques in a while, meaning breaking down wrestling shows. That's going to come soon, more than, more than I even used to do, to be honest with you. I'm bringing that back. Uh, in one way, shape, or form in my content I'm just letting you know that Because I would do some pretty heavy-duty breakdowns of shows As you guys know And been critical at times of certain things But the um, the thing with AEW Yeah, I, I, like I said I think you got to give them some time To get their get their sea legs under them And uh, and stuff like that So uh, speaking of sea legs It's funny, I'm still reading this thing here About Miami So it says Two dynamite shows on land and sea Plus nine outrageous days of wrestling That's awesome Special live events I'm sorry, special events Live music And nonstop action From Miami to the Bahamas Ah Cruz Jones Yeah, so there you go On the the Jericho deal Ah, okay That's pretty badass That's pretty cool High octane bounce Bounce, I should say With the biggest names from AEW Will be filmed from Jericho's sold-out Norwegian Pearl Ship well, not filmed. We'll use the word taped. Not to be picky, but I will be picky. You're not filming. You're taping. I'm critical on them. Look at that. See? <laughs> no, but really, that that's a pet peeve of mine. When people say, we're filming something. Uh, you know, you're taping something. You're, you're, film is TV. I'm sorry, m- movies. My bad. Big screen. That's film. And sometimes in TV, you use film, but rare. Film's a lot more money than than 
tape, you know, and digital, what they do now. Film's the highest, highest gimmick <clears throat> as far as cost, you know what I mean? So, but no, I I um uh, I have talked a lot. I've I've given some critique on their content on AEW, and I'll do that going forward, but not just for the sake of doing it. And I'm also, uh, to answer your question, uh, the Poppy Angel in long-winded form. No, I I don't find it more difficult to be critical on AEW's product because of my recent work. So that's the the long the short answer. There you go. What else we got? We got uh, the Warden sound. Uh, do you think younger wrestlers with lean physiques are more likely to have injuries in later life compared to typical 90s wrestlers? That's a very good question. That's something that you don't hear many people talk about or, or ask about or whatnot. Very interesting. Um, and honestly, I think, yeah, I do think there, there's a chance, a slim chance that the leaner physique wrestlers, uh, which is more common today, guys that are in that 190 pound range, 200 pound range, 180, you know, that's what you're getting. A lot of top guys in all the, all the territories, all the companies are, are not as big, you know, not all the top guys, but a lot of them. Uh, back in the 90s, or like in my prime, most guys were hovering over, you know, the bulk of guys over 240 pounds. I've talked about a lot and with myself. Everybody says, oh, you're, you were a small guy. And I don't know if I was small. I wasn't tall. I'm still not tall at 5'9", but I was 250 in my prime, wrestling at 250 pounds. So that's not a little person. Um, not tall, yeah. Okay, cool. But I do think um, that a leaner physique uh, athlete wrestler uh, could be a little more banged up when they get to their late 40s, late 50s. Um now, some that maybe some of you guys that maybe never been athletic or been an athlete or worked out with weights or don't understand why I'm saying that and why this this person is asking this question, the warden sound. So when you're leaner, you know, yeah, it's 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 probably a healthy, it's definitely a healthier way to be, but you have less, let's just say, um, shock absorb. How about that for your body when you're bumping and getting hit, where your body is absorbing your your joints and your bone structures. Uh, your ligaments, they're taking much more of the brunt when you have less uh, muscle mass or density or body fat. So that's why when you get older and you're leaner and you've been lean your whole career, you could run into some issues. Like I'll give you an example. Now, it might be a bad example, but just humor me. So my arch nemesis, Sabu, okay? Uh, the suicide, uh, suicide, how am I doing? Homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, Sabu. I might have said that in the wrong order, but Sabu and I've had battles all over, the, all over the place, and and I've watched Sabu battle other guys all over the place. He's just, he's a battle tested, you know, just bodies just beat up. Now that's what I'm saying. It might be a bad example because he's extreme, no pun intended. But Sabu, back in the in his prime and during the day, he was considered a leaner guy, always muscular. But a leaner built, built for speed, athletic type guy, and his body is feeling it a lot. Now, most of that obviously is to do with the way he worked. He really sacrificed his body a lot. He worked his balls off. But um, if he was a little bit thicker and heavier, maybe he wouldn't have the issues he's had with his hips and stuff like that. Again, I have to put it out again there that I understand it's how hard the man's work. Trust me, I know from experience, uh, you know, breaking sweat with him a lot in my career in the ring. So I get it. Um, but I'm just the first guy that popped out my head when he said a little bit leaner, I thought of Sabu. So good question to one sound. Very good question. Mr. Gunmills, Gunmills, there you go. Uh, do you think Raw should go back uh, to a two-hour show? Absolutely. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt. <clears throat> I've talked about this way back when here with uh, my content with the Taz show, and I felt like 90 minutes is the best show. And I remember had that conversation with Vince McMahon a long time ago. He felt like a 90-minute wrestling show is the best show uh, the as far as length. Uh, you know, hour and a half is the best way to go. So they're at three hours now in Raw, so two hours is better than three hours. And uh, you guys know that that know my shit, man. Like I talked a lot about when the NXT brand was starting to expand out, and this is way before AEW, way before NXT had the TV deal, and this was during I can't remember the era, but NXT was doing pretty good. And I felt like, fuck, when you do the do Raw for two hours, and then that third hour, give that to NXT. You know, this was this. It's a moot point now because they have their their own show on Wednesdays, right, on USA. So, or the first hour have it be NXT, and then the next two hours have that be Raw. I still think that's a fucking good idea, and they didn't do it. 
<laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I think three hours is a lot for uh, people to commit to on a school night. People are working the next day, so they're either taping the show. Look, we know the diehard, hardcore wrestler fan, which a lot of you guys that are listening to me right now, you guys are going to watch the three hours, and WWE knows you guys are always going to be there. But the casual fan is probably going to move on or watch Monday Night Football or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So that's where it's something that, yeah, I think it's something that WWE thinks about a lot. It's three hours, but you know what? The positive is you got three hours of TV time. That's a massive platform um, to a vast audience, so it's a great opportunity. And and they've been on on Monday nights for decades, so it's kind of like it it never goes away. It's it's always there, you know, summer, spring, fall, winter, whatever, you know. Unlike uh, you know mainstream sports where they're seasonal, you know, so. It's kind of a, a thing Like you just know wrestling's on Monday nights No matter what else is going on All this other wrestling that we're seeing and hearing about um, No matter if it's Smackdown on Fridays Or AEW on Wednesdays Or NWA on Tuesdays Or AEW Dark on Tuesdays It don't matter You know Monday nights is raw Right? You know that So Our old friend here uh, Wolfgang.gladder Wolfie Jones German city man Jones uh, He's from Germany that means uh, Do you think Lucha Underground will get another season? So many former uh, Lucha Underground wrestlers work now for AW like Luchasaurus. Looking forward to your announcement about 2020. Uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, Wolfie. You're the man. I hope Germany's nice right now. I, You know, the Lucha Underground thing, I, I haven't paid much attention. I know that they're waiting to see what's going on with the other season. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know why my gut tells me it's not. So I don't think so. But they, they've put on a great... They've had great talent there and so many awesome luchadors and, and everything and some American talents that are great talents that have done well there. Um I don't I haven't stayed on top of what's going on with Lucha Underground. I've been paying attention more to WWE content and AEW content mostly. And I've been getting into NWA more too. So I'm gonna start covering that more with my content so you guys know. So I um uh, I don't think so, Wolfie. I, I don't I don't think they get another season, but I do hope I'm wrong. I do. Um, you know, I, I know some of the people who work behind the scenes there at Lucha Underground and they're working elsewhere and they're moving on. So that's one of the other reasons why I think that. Team Quilquick, uh, do you like Christmas? Yes. Grayskull82, hey Taz, is there a possibility to get a top 10 wrestlers of 2019? <laughs> this guy, he's reading our text messages, this guy. Uh, episode uh, with the professor and the captain. Thanks for the free lunch. Hashtag Tube Jones. Oh wow, flip flip Fernum. He's going my old my old. Um, it's it's still there. My my YouTube channel, which I don't even touch, but maybe soon I'll do something with that. Taz Tube Jones. Subscribe just for the fuck of it. Just for the fuck of it. I really haven't put anything out there in a long time, but just go on there. Subscribe to it. It's free. Like you know. Um. Yeah, there'll be no professor, there'll be no captain But there will be, there was chatter amongst some of my closer people I know Top 10 wrestlers of 2019 That episode could be coming really soon Not gonna tell you who I will do that with in a co-host role But that's a little tease Jones coming really soon, motherfuckers Okay, there you have it, bitches Alright, so uh, good question though, good question Spitballing my shit, oh, okay Okay, I see what we got going on here People that are like First time listening to this podcast They're probably like, the fuck is this guy doing? What's this music? Uh Uh-huh It's a water break, kid Call it water break Pour it up Yeah Get your waters out, bitches You heard the whistle, right? Oh, these are gold. You heard it. Got a whistle out of that bitch. Straw. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's what happens. That's what happens. All right. Taz Show. We're going to come back. We got a lot more Taz Hall. Some great questions. Going to get into some other stuff going on. Some claim that Bruce Pritchett made about Jerry Lawler and me. I don't know. Be right back.
right. I said all right. All right. All right. We got uh, back to Tazzle. Um, we have Shane O with three H's and an underscore. Old friend right there. He says, uh, good moment, Taz. This is my UK friend. Good moment, Taz. What's your favorite all-time Survivor Series pay-per-view? Oh, God, Jesus. Hashtag verified Taz. He tags Instagram, which they don't even give a fuck, Instagram. They're sick of it. But you know what? I'm just tired of this shit with them. I have somebody else that's going to help me get it, get it done. I got a guy now. Um, he's. Uh, I met this guy on the radio show. I do. Uh, this guy, uh, my friend, who's uh, my friend Marty, he's a big, uh, he's connected with a lot of people, so he knows some people in the social media world, apparently. So, uh, but you know, I got to catch him before he eats because when he eats, it's a big meal. It's one meal, Marty. One meal, Marty. So he's locked into some people on social media at Facebook who owns Instagram. So I'm going to talk to him about getting. I got an inside guy. So that's what's going on with that. Shano said, "Good moment, Taz. What's your favorite?" Oh, okay, I read the fucking question already. What's my favorite all-time Survivor Series pay Dude, I don't know. I mean, I you know what? I don't. I don't. I'm not like. I'm, I don't. It's hard to explain. Um. I don't uh I don't know history like that of what's my favorite like I wasn't that type of a wrestling fan when I was a little bit younger or coming up in the business. I was so focused on my own career. I know that's not the sexy answer and people don't like that. Um but it's the truth. You know, so some guys could tell you a, a lot of stuff about some of the old WWE big pay-per-views and stuff like that, WrestleManias. I'm more um straight shooter Jones. Like I'm I was more focused on my career and Locked in when when these things were happening when I was young, trying to learn how to make a living in the business. You know what I mean? But there's been some great ones for sure, and and I've saw I saw or seen whatever the proper English is a bunch of them. The one 2005 was good. Was Raw against SmackDown was a good one. Um, that was a good one. I know that. Uh, I'm trying to think, I think I don't remember the number of the one when the Undertaker debuted. That one I remember back in the day when he debuted with. Uh, with uh, what's the name with Percy, so I remember that. That was a really good one. If 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 uh, memory serves me, um, what was the other ones? I'm trying to think of some other ones. <sighs> Team Hogan, Team Andre. That was another. That was a good one. You know, I remember one man gang was in that, and Butch Reed, Rick Rude, remember some Bundy. Bundy was in that, and then you had. Excuse me. You had Morocco, Patara, Bigelow. Yeah, so that that was a good one. I mean, you you got to love it from, night, from the eighties, late eighties. WWE had some cool shit back then. So yeah, it's tough. What was the one I can't? Like a Jabroni where um, the Undertaker debuted. That that's probably one of the better ones, right? I don't remember what year he debuted. I, I just see what I mean. Like I'm sorry. I know some of you are like, oh my god, that's sacrilegious. Yeah, well, it might be sacrilegious, but it's just a shoot. I'm being fucking honest. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. Thanks for the question, Shano. Thanks for throwing a monkey wrench in the fucking show. Uh, speakerphone underscore Jones. Uh, this is our guy here. Bruce Pritchett claimed this is the hook I hit, hit you with before the break. Bruce Pritchett claimed you, meaning me, Taz, were put in a program with Jerry Lauder to teach you WWE style of storytelling and that your SummerSlam 2000 match with him was the best of your career. What's your opinion of these statements from your point of view? Okay, it's ridiculous. I don't know when or why Bruce Pritchard said this. It's stupid. And I think it's asinine that he would say this. Speakerphone, if I didn't know that you're a longtime fan of my content, of of my shit, I would think you're just some crazy fan that's lying. But I know you're on top of shit, but I do not know where this is from. Um, you know, I, I don't know when he said this. I don't really care when he said it. But if Bruce said this, I don't know. He's wrong. If they would put me in fucking storyline to teach me WWE storytelling, no one told me that. And that's not how we worked out a match. So I don't know what he's talking about. I have no idea what he's talking about. And I don't care. The underscore C word. What were your thoughts during the famous Ric Flair, Jay Lethal promo in TNA? Oh, you know, I talked about this in the past. It was awesome. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, Jay is a super talented cat, man, and Rick's just a good guy and self-deprecating and has fun with it. And 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 everybody thought it was hoot the way Jay would. He would Jay would Jay Lethal would imitate Rick Flair backstage all the time before Flair got there. Once he was there, it wasn't like a like everybody who knew Jay knew he could do it, with no problem. Like it was just like his thing. But when they did this, 
it was fucking hysterical. And uh, and it, I didn't think when it happened that it would get over as much as it did on social media, even now, years later. You know what I mean? But it's um, you know, it's pretty interesting though. But yeah, uh, two talented guys on the mic. Obviously, you're getting the bob back and forth with Jay Lethal with the Nature Boy Ric Flair, the greatest of all time. That's pretty fucking good shit right there. That's fun stuff. Uh, Jim O'Brien 68 Do you have a problem with non-wrestlers Using business jargon Hashtag I'm not over Hashtag Yambag Jones uh, Yes I do actually I have fun with it and I joke around With you people But I don't like it I don't like it especially in, It's such a foregone conclusion now on social media That we the talent The wrestlers uh, you know the announcers We go back and forth with you guys In jocularity form or whatever just in conversation On social media with fans Talking like you guys are wrestlers too And I'm guilty of it myself I hate it I don't know I I just guess Over time and over evolution These things happen And the internet and that You know all this shit that's why like back in the day On the Taz show I had Markology So where I was creating Um a language for you people, you the fans, the marks, and I say that in loving terms. But you know, and and we had all different things, and some people still know some of the markology terms. And uh, Dennis Jones, when he was a produce, producer of the Taz Show, we were going through them all and come up with different gimmicks. And it was a joke, but yet it was partially a shoot because I was just fucking tired of people that were not in the business using wrestling terms. Because like I've told the story years ago, like I. You know, I wasn't allowed when I broke in. Like the guy who trained me, Johnny Rods. Like you know, he the unpredictable Johnny Rods. Like he didn't teach us shit. Like we had to learn stuff on the road on our own, and <clears throat> and we were not taught nothing. We uh, as far as the you know Carney and as far as terms and words and nah. I I told the story a long time ago. I'll tell it again real quick, but right now. But um, when um, it was. Man, it was my first match ever, and we they sent us to Puerto Rico, and it was, you know, by the way, which I thought, just real quick before I go on with the story, when I got sent to Puerto Rico, it was me, uh, Big Dick Dudley, who's Alexander the Great, who's no longer with us, my, my dear friend, I love him, uh, I miss him, but we go over there, and we, especially me and Alex, we thought we were going to come back and just be huge fucking stars, like we, <laughs> we thought, Oh yeah, first match, you know, like we just thought that we were the shit, and that we were going to be master stars once we got back to the states from Puerto Rico. Uh, that didn't happen. We we learned that it's not that simple. It's not that easy. Uh, but yeah, no. So this uh, real quick. So just to, so J Mo Brian sixty eight to answer your question about if I have problems with non wrestlers using business jargon. So I had my first match in Puerto Rico. Okay, and it was a TV taping. Actually, this is a storytelling moment. So let's go a little old school. Hang on a second. Boys and girls, pull up your stools. It is now time for Taz Tales. So, yes, yeah, so it's uh, 87, yeah, 1987, and it's summertime Jones, June 3rd, I want to say, and get to Puerto Rico to some little, I think it was like some little arena with water on the floor and just a plumbing issue and shit show building we were in for the opposition of Carlos Colon's promotion in Puerto Rico. I'm green as fuck. Never had a match. Going there, they had me squash a guy the first hour, second hour, two. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had nine months of training. I had an idea what I was doing. I shouldn't say I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't know how to draw money, make money, how to talk. I didn't know. You know, I was so green. So we were like a heel stable they were creating. I was doing the Kid Crush gimmick back then. And Alexander the Great, Big Dick Dudley was Alexander the Great. And I can't remember who the other heel was. So they had this baby face faction they were putting together on one of the TV tapings, like in the third hour of the TV, because we used to tape a bunch of hours. And they, we had to hit the ring, and they told us, you guys hit the ring, and then, you know, you know, uh, uh, no, you guys get the heat on a bunch of guys. Then when the that's, I have it, vice versa. You guys get you have a bunch of heat on a baby face or baby face team. It was a long time. I can remember who it was. And then the baby faces will hit the ring, and then you guys powder. I'm like, okay. Right. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, look at Alex. He's like, I don't know what the fuck powder is. Okay, cool. We were embarrassed to ask anyone because you didn't want to look like you were a schmuck. We get in the ring. We get a bunch of heat on these guys, beating the fuck out of them. Here comes the baby faces, and they're fucking punching us, kicking us, drop ticket, kicking us. There were a couple other heels with us that were veterans, 
and they're diving out of the ring on these bumps. Not me and Big Dick. Ah, no, no, no. Me and Alex, we were right there standing toe to toe with these motherfuckers. And they go, take a powder, take a powder. Ted Petty, God rest his soul. Rock or Rock, you remember from, from the public enemy. And uh, he's like, take a powder. And he fucking punched me in the jaw. I punch him back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I know what it meant. He punched me a little bit harder. Take a powder. I'm like, fuck, this guy just hit me hard. I hit him hard back. He was wearing a mask. He was the cheetah kid, I believe, at that time. And then he fucking goes, take a fucking powder. He basically punched me right in the fucking jaw, and I got out of the ring. So I, for a long time, I thought take a powder meant get hit really hard. Um, but so that's how you learn. That's how we learned back then. It's totally different now. So that was the hard way to learn, and that's how you learn. By damn near getting your fucking jaw broken open by a veteran guy in the ring, you know? So, yeah. Um, so I do have a little bit of problem with it, but that's me with a get off my lawn moment. I'm usually not like that, as you guys know, but that's just, I'm still a little old school at times, even though I look at myself as being a lot of new school too. Tory underscore 805, no question, but keep up with the great work. Hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Well, Tory hashtag underscore whatever the fuck that is, 805. Thanks for the kind words. See, sometimes you just, you know. That's what see. That's what life is. You just say nice stuff to people. There's no reason to hate everyone. There's no reason to fuck. want to smash somebody's face if they cut you off in the car. You don't want to do that. Roid rage or road rage, not roid rage. That's something different. The Mad Big Pen Goo. Who you reckon would be the best to take the title of Y2J and why? Hashtag verify Taz. Hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Huh. Well, yeah, that's an interesting question, right? I mean, uh, I think Chris Jericho, and I've mentioned in the past, I've mentioned to Chris to his face. Uh, I think he is the right guy to be the AEW world champion right now. I, I, I think it's great because they're so new, and Chris is so it's got such a you know a, a credible name for all the years he's he's rocked and rolled and had such the success, you know. He's sitting seven and one right now, I believe, in the records, right? And just they, they keep records. You know, he's two and one in the tag. He's one and oh in the trio. So he's four and oh in singles. So he's seven one overall. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I mean, it's not going to be Cody because the, the business they just did where Cody is not getting a shot right now. Um, you know, I, I they did stuff with Darby Allen already, which I would have loved to see Darby. He's sitting four, three and one overall. Darby, I love a lot. I do, but it's just not his time yet, but he's going to be. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I would think eventually you got to give you got to give a run. Even though he's an EVP, I get it, to, to Kenny Omega. I think that has to happen eventually. I really do. Uh, he's 5-4. and four. He's 2-2 two and two in singles, 1-1 one one in tag team, and 2-1 and one in trios. So, you know, I, I, would, I would think that he's a guy that eventually should have that championship. I also think that um, – and, and – Pac is a star. I think he's a guy that that you could look at as someone that you got to give a run with that world title uh, in 2020, maybe at some point. He's four two and one. He's four one and one in singles, oh and one in tags, no matches in trios. So, um, who am I missing? I would think Scorpio Sky. I do think down the road, you know, he's half of the tag team champs with Kazarian. But I think Scorp, who's nine to three right now, five and two in tags, four and zero in trios. I think Scorp, <clears throat> Scorp Scott, Scorpio Sky is a guy who's gonna. <clears throat> I would I predict this time next year, in twenty twenty, he might be the AEW World Champion with a legitimate run. Either him or Adam Page is another guy that you can run with. You know, sitting five and five overall, four and three in singles, one and one in tag team, uh, no matches in trios. So I do think that. You know, you got a handful of of people right there. I just named men that are ultra talented and uh, would be not just deserving of a championship run, but would definitely flourish in it. There, you know, there's so much good talent there. I mean, you watch Pac walk out, the bastard Pac when he works. I mean, this guy is a, just a star. I mean, you feel it, all of them. I mean, just when you're there, you feel that that star power and that ability in the ring um, by Pac, by Page. You know, by Scorpio Sky, I, I think Jericho has proven in his career he can have a great match with anybody. Uh, he's proven that. Um, so it's a good question, though, and we'll see how it evolves. Well, to give you one name, if I had to give you one name, that's going to take it from Jericho. 
my gut would tell me Scorpio Sky, but he's 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 half of the tag team champion, so it's not going to be him. I do think he's the future champ, like the, a long running champ, in my gut feeling. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Paige. Maybe it's Pac. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. <laughs> Again, because it's it's such a new company still. So it's a, each week you watch Dynamite, you, you're still learning. So it's a tough one. I don't want to give you a bullshit answer. I want to try and you know give you a legitimate answer. So good question. This underscore Alex underscore is underscore royalty. Okay. Uh, do you think that 35 is too old to start training to get into the ring? I, look, I would never tell anyone, Alex, they can't do something, you know. I don't believe in that because I was told a lot in my career I couldn't do what I ended up doing. And I couldn't succeed at it. And I and I proved people wrong and I'm fucking proud of that. So I would never tell a guy 35 or a girl 35 or a guy 41 or a girl 43 that he or she sh- couldn't get in a ring and become a professional wrestler. Because that would be hypocritical of me because I don't believe in spinning that narrative and putting a negative slant on somebody I don't even know. And if someone has a dream or a goal, I would say this though, at 35, it's definitely a lot harder. Uh, it's a lot harder because it's a young man, young girl's business, a young person's business. And, uh, you know, usually you start making money in this business and start getting a push once, well, the way it used to be, it's a little bit different now. It's all happening a lot faster for these people today. But back in the day, once you hit around 27, 28 years old, 26, somewhere in that vicinity, you started making some legitimate money once you had about seven years under your belt of experience, something like that. Now you're seeing a lot of these guys and girls at like 23 years old, 22 years old, 24 years old, getting big pushes with just a couple of years experience. It's crazy to me. Um, but, you know, um, it's the way the business evolved, and I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just the way it goes. 35 is a little bit older, but, hey, as long as you're in good shape and you, you take care of your body, and you go to a reputable wrestling school, <clears throat> learn from the right people. I say go for it, Alex. Fuck it. If that's what you want to do and that's your goal, uh, go for it. No matter how old you are, dude. Seriously. A little tougher at that age, but, you know, fuck it. What are you going to do? There's been plenty of guys who started older. The underscore rarest underscore Alex. A lot of these Alex guys like the underscores. I'm finally awake when you posted for one of these. Smiling emoji. Is there a dollar amount that would get you in the ring for one last match? Hashtag GOAT. Hashtag BITW. Buy it. I don't know what that means. Hashtag buy all the shirts. Hashtag buy a hat. Hashtag Taz has kids. Please verify this, brother. Thank you for everything you do. I truly appreciate it. Alex, I appreciate you. And you mentioned T-shirts. Well, I have to mention you got to go over to TazShirts.com and make sure you buy the half-and-half half machine shirt. Buy some other shit. That shirt's selling like hotcakes. TazShirts.com, uh, everything you need. Just fucking go there and buy a shirt, you know, and help the cause. You know what I'm saying? Um, dollar amount for me to get in the ring one more match. Uh, no. No. I told you guys a long time ago when I was commentating on SmackDown, and I was going pretty good, and me and Michael Cole, our team was pretty locked in at that point. And Brock Lesnar was starting to heat up as a heel. I remember the year. And I remember Vince at whatever arena we were at for SmackDown pulled me aside and said, hey, I'm going to do this match at the Garden, you and Brock. You know? I said, Vince, no thanks. He left. He said, I don't know. I'm not kidding. No thanks. What do you mean, no thanks? Yeah, no thanks. I said, my body's shot. I, my neck's fucked up. I got numbness in my arm. I'm, I'm all, my leg's numb. I'm all fucked up. I can't do it. You know that. Because I'm really surprised at you. I, I mean, I thought you were smarter than that. I go, excuse me? I, what, what did I say wrong? He goes, you're, well, I thought you were a smart businessman all these years. I go, I am. He goes, well, you don't even know how much money I'm willing to pay you. I go, it's not about the money. That's why. That's why I didn't, I didn't care the dollar amount. It's because it wasn't about the money. So there is no dollar amount to answer your question, Alex. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm 52 years old. I'm happy. Everything's going well for me. And I'm happy. And my body is as good as it's going to be right now. Um, and that's it. I, you know, I fluctuate losing 10, 15 pounds here and there. Like most, most human beings do, you know, uh, I like food, but sometimes I watch my food intake and I don't work out like I used to because I just can't, my body's shot. I should be doing more cardio, but I, my knee is fucked up. So that's a little excuse, but it's partially true. 
But no, I'm I'm good, man. I I I'm done. I can't I can't go in there for any dollar amount and have one less match. I can't. It's not gonna happen because I do not want to be a former shell of my shell of myself going in there in front of you people and then you fuck ass make fun of me on Twitter. Anyway, Elliot Jason, uh, will you do more AEW pay per view commentating? Hashtag pay per view PPV Star Jones. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I you know it's tough to answer that question. Possibly, you know, possibly. I mean, I think I have a very good relationship with them. We we get along great, AEW and myself. So, um, we'll see. Twenty uh, twenty, I think it's going to be an interesting year for me. So, um, but I'm open to do commentary or to be involved, as I've mentioned many times, back in the industry. So I've already started to dip. I got one leg in it. Now I kind of got two legs back in the business. Uh, I've had a lot of off, offline conversations with other wrestling promotions about managing people, about commentating, and the money just didn't work out, or I just didn't feel like I wanted to work for that promotion, you know, so that's why I didn't do it, and I'll never name that, I won't say, because it just it's disrespectful, but there's been a couple, there's things that I wish I could tell you. Maybe one day I can, but promotions I've talked to and, 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 and opportunities that I've passed, I'm not fucking being braggadocious, I'm just being honest. So um, I would, you know, the commentating and it's got to be something for me. And I've talked about this in an interview recently. It's got to be for some place that <clears throat> has talent that can work, that can go, that are physical. I, 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 that's that's the stuff. I mean, you know, so right off the bat, in no particular order, uh, the WWE brand and the AEW brand. I'm a fan of the the talent, the way they get in there, all of them, and work and bust their ass. There's a lot of great promotions out there, but. Uh, I just so for me It's got to be the right spot And for the promotion it's got to be the right thing With me um, I got to fit in their promotion I also could do things backstage So I'm, I'm intrigued on that too So I, I We'll see I'm, I, uh, You know I, I would I definitely I have not hidden the fact that I want to be back in the business more I've talked about this for a few months So we'll see what happens in the new year You know what I mean But I do appreciate the question Evil Sir247, what is the menu for Thanksgiving looking like this year for Taz? Well, we're going to go to my brother-in-law's place, I think. Um, I think that's what's happening. So, And he is an insane cook, him and his wife. They do an amazing job. And whatever they're serving, I'm eating. I promise you that. So... Smoker Jones, he's got the smoker, he's got every fucking thing Outdoor kitchen, Jones, all the football Outside, pack of the lip, cigars, cognac The whole thing So, you know, that's what we're doing And and um, well, I might go to it at Thanksgiving You know, I was going to do a Thanksgiving special Eventually, like a little episode But, you know, of course I like the white meat I like the stuffing I like the, uh, the potatoes with the melted marshmallows That's nice you know, I like a little uh, the brown gravy, not the turkey gravy. I like that on the on the uh, mashed potatoes and on the uh, the gimmick gimmick firman, uh the, on the the turkey. I like Brussels sprouts a lot. Give me a little sweet and sour sauce on that bitch. And I'm eating it. I like that Brussels sprouts are good. Not a huge veggies guy. I like corn. Um, do like corn. So um, so there you go. That's Thanksgiving for you. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, cherry pie Jones and moving on. So that's that on that. Uh, what else we got? J underscore Colo. Is AEW uh, following the WCW playbook too much by forming the inner circle, almost like the NWO? <clears throat> Can the inner circle get out of hand just like the NWO did in WCW? Well, a couple of things. Um, if the inner circle got over to the level of NWO, which maybe it could, I think that'd be a good thing. And they're over right now as a good group of heels. That NWO thing, I'm telling you, I was in my prime during that thing there, and I wasn't in it, obviously, but... That shit was over, dude. NWO was legit in WCW. And you know what? If AEW is copying a little bit of a, not copying, if they're they're giving off a little bit of a WCW vibe, that's a better way to put it. Um, it's an honest way to put it. What's wrong with that? That for a good chunk of time, WCW was Nitro and stuff was fucking pretty cool. A lot of it was good. Why has it got to be negative? You know. Um, as far as the inner circle, I don't agree with you. I don't see too much similarities between the NWO. Um, just because it's a faction, you know, uh, you got to understand, like, that NWO faction, when they put it together, was a lot of guys that were a little bit longer in the tooth, older. 
you know, from Hall to Nash to Hogan, you know, these guys were older, bigger guys, you know, jeans with the T-shirt, making fun of everyone, being bullies, and that, that was the gimmick. You know, uh, this is different. This is Jericho, who's a little longer tooth, older wrestler. He's the world champion with a lot of young, super talented guys around him, like Sammy G and Santana Ortiz and, and Jake Hager and stuff like that. So I, I look at Jake Hager as a young guy. I'm sorry. He's, he's, I know he's had a lot of success, you know, uh, obviously in MMA recently, but also in WWE, a former WWE champion and all that stuff. So I, I look at that faction as, 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 uh, as really cool. So and I I like that you don't always see them together. See NWO a lot of times they were always together as a pack, which I understood back then. And a lot of factions were like that. DX was like that. You know, a lot of factions were like that back in the day. This is different. You know, these guys are in the inner circle. You don't always see them together. They wear the t-shirts a lot. I I, I don't see the similarity. I get what you're saying, uh, J underscore Colo, but I don't see the similarity as much as you. So no, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Just my honest take. Big Sexy Butters, uh, hey Taz, just discovered your podcast this year, so sorry if this has already been asked, but how much of your old promos for uh, ECW were improv and how much was written? Your promos were always the best in the biz. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Big Sexy Butters, and I'm glad you found my podcast, and stay with me, brother, because I'm not going anywhere else. Um, for the most part. You're going to always have Taz content. Uh, my promos were not scripted, uh, none of them. I never had a piece of paper with shit written on it ever in ECW. My promos were coming out of my brain uh, or Paul Heyman's brain. A lot of times that's, well, actually 99.999% of the time, every promo you've ever seen me cut was Paul giving me a couple of bullet points and me doing everything you saw. Or Paul getting a little more specific because uh, he knew what a story arc was with the story and give me like and it was all verbal There was nothing written nothing It was just right before I'm cutting the promo right there Like you know and that's how it was done or right in the back of the curtain before I come out to cut the promo in front of the people Straight shooter Jones, bro, you know improv no writing no written none of that shit dude none of it None of it and I, I tell you what from what I can see with AEW, that's what I like you know, you're not writing stuff you know, you're letting these guys sling it, you know, and that's good shit. That's how you get even better and better. Good question. Philip underscore King underscore Slayer. Hopefully, this time I don't get buried by your producers. Uh, he means that he didn't make it through the rain before. That's why. Would you consider going into the wrestling business full-time as a high-level producer or key part of a creative team? I feel your ideas are great, and you give out too many free lunches. Hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Well, thanks, Phil. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely would consider that um, to a degree. Depends where. Uh, honestly, like I think being part of a creative team with WWE, I could not be in a room with all those writers. I just couldn't handle that. That I, that would not be a good environment for me because I just I would last a week. Now, if I was part of a team, let's just talking on WWE for a second, with you know whoever Bruce Pritchard working close with Bruce on SmackDown, which I probably won't be. That I he buried me apparently, and I read it early, and I buried him back right. <laughs> Even though we're friends, so I know Bruce a long time. So, but if I was part of a thing, I'm joking, but if I was part of a thing with Bruce where I was like working under him and giving some, you know, creative stuff producing, this won't happen, by the way. I don't see WWE want me coming to do that. I could do that and I would have fun doing that. Same thing with Paul Heyman on Raw. If I was working closely with Paul and, and, and basically, you know, that type of thing, working under Paul. Yeah, that that I would I would love to do, in AEW love to do it love because I do think that um, I think I think a little old school like I said earlier and new school where I could sit around with a lot of the EVP with the EVPs with the young bucks with, with you know with Matt and Nick and with Omega and 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 with Cody and spitball wrestling and talk wrestling and and, and they're younger than me but I get it I get what they're saying and I, I'm buying what they're selling I like it I I've talked. Creative with some of those guys about some stuff uh, About some of their current talent Not about me, you know, about their talent I've sat with Tony Khan and talked with Tony You know, and my works with them So I, I, I kind of connect with that too Even though I could connect with the guys in WWE Meaning Bruce and Paul Because we're from the same generation And I know those guys for a long time um, And I wouldn't be in a position I'm in in my career If it wasn't for a guy like Paul Heyman Who gave me the opportunity during ECW and saw something in me And I, obviously I was able to You know score a touchdown with the ball So that was uh, I'm always indebted to Paul for that I always appreciate and love him for that And I tell him that more than you guys know And, and anyway uh, but that's a 
different podcast, right? So KTV underscore 619, do you believe the world title should always close a pay-per-view? No. Uh, I think what you're getting at is AEW full gear, you know, that they had the the lights out gimmick with uh with uh omega and uh and mox I, they had them you know close the deal instead of cody <laughs> excuse me cody and uh, and jericho you know i don't dude i don't and and especially in a situation like that i think it worked for what they were doing um with the with the the lights out thing and that i thought it was real cool and i talked about it how they did the thing where um what do you call it? Mox went backstage and was talking behind closed doors to Tony Khan. You didn't see it, but you heard it. And Khan was like, you know, we're not, we're not just not sanctioned. We're not sanctioning the match. It's just, it's that simple. It's not happening. You know? So I like the way they went to that, but no, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like that where I think the world title. Now, if you ask me that question in 1999, I'd probably tell you yes. Because I was a champion. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking. But no, I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it has to be like that. I mean, um, as long as creatively it fits, and that's and I've talked about this, and that's what work. What that's what I'm sorry. That's what worked. I should say. What full gear? What they did with full gear? It worked because they had you have this this type of match um, where it's. It, why would you have anything go after that match when that match that 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 lights out is not was not sanctioned so it's not really part of the show i think that's kind of the i think that's kind of the creative they were trying to get across to the audience i think most people understood that now i'm not saying ktv underscore uh 619 that you disagree with it i'm assuming um just assuming that you feel like you know, uh, the, the world championship match should have ended the night. That's what I'm assuming. But, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. You're entitled to think that way. I, I don't, um, I don't, um, I, I, you know, I think it, I think it fit fine the way it was. Uh, and Cody and Jericho, they, they, they had, they did awesome stuff. And the turn with MJF was really cool. So I think you got a lot right there in that world title match. And then everything stops more or less, uh, not, you know, figuratively, but, and it's a lights out match with Mox and, and Omega and, and, and those guys went crazy, you know? So I got no problem with it, dude. I got no problem with it. So no, I don't think that the world title or the world championship always has to end. As long as there's something creative and smart like that, I think it's good. What else we got here? K. Buchak. 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 Kimberly. This is, let me see. I'm saying her name wrong. Kimberly Buchak. Damn. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> will you discuss Survivor Series? Hashtag verified has. Uh, yes, I will. I will. I will. I'll discuss. Maybe we'll do a little uh, preview Jones uh, towards the end of the week, possibly. We'll do that, possibly, maybe. Maybe we'll do that. So what else we got here? Uh, we're just about wrapping this son of a gun up here. This son of a bitch up. I'm going to curse because I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? We got, uh, last but not least, Jay-Z underscore 14. Uh, who do you think CM Punk will f- uh, will face first if he makes his comeback to the ring? Mm. I um I don't know. That's a, that's, a, that's a good question. Obviously, <laughs> if he does make his return. You know, who would you have him get in there with? I mean, I think you got to pole vault him right away up to the top unless you do something unique and different uh, because he does, obviously, his MMA background and his style where you can do something with Alistair Black. Here we go. Free consultant Jones. This is stuff that won't happen for free in 2020. <laughs> so where you could do where, you know, Alistair Black, again, is asking, asking people to answer the door and who's knocking on the door, all that bullshit, which is great shit. I love it. You know, I'm calling it bullshit in a positive way. And I'm just, this is off the top of my head, just just spitball booking. Um, and then it's, it's CM Punk You know you, you could do that I think their styles Would would mesh well They're both inked up guys You know I just think it'd be An interesting matchup You could see some Crossover similarities Between Punk And Alistair Black I do think that could be Something pretty cool You know With CM Punk Unless You pole vault him Right into a World title situation With either Lesnar Or The Fiend I don't Picture them doing that I don't 
think that would be smart. I don't. I wouldn't put him involved with 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 any championship. Nakamura with the IC title or um or uh, AJ with the US title. I wouldn't do any of that with him. I would not. I would not mix him in the tag team. Solo Jones. I wouldn't mix him mix him with NXT either. Let them do their thing. Don't mess them around with Adam Cole. Leave all that alone. That's my opinion. I would go with a guy like Alistair Black. I think it'd be a great rub for Alistair Black, who's a star. But rubbing up with Punk, I think would give him just even more oomph. Um, and I think you can get a long, a long storyline out of those two, possibly. That's just off the top of my head, you know. Uh, that's just spitball booking, free consultant Jones, as we call it. Uh, not many more of those coming in 2020, but they'll be available for you, possibly. We shall see. Eh, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with CM Punk. I mean... I hope it works out for everybody involved. I do. I think it could. I think it could. I mean, like I said, I wasn't shocked that he walked out there on that Fox show. That did not, uh, on the FF's one show, that did not surprise me one bit. Um, like I said, with a smoke this fire, and I knew that that chatter was going on. A lot of you guys do it, too. It was, you know, it was a no-brainer. Um, but, you know, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that it's cool uh, that Punk's back involved. And, again, I, like I, I'm from the Elk of I feel once you're back there uh, with Fox like that, you're with WWE. Um, so some could say, ah, oh, he's just with Fox. Eh, I'm sorry. I don't um, – I don't uh, – <laughs> I'm not buying that. I, it's part of it's part of the, it's. They're working together, you know. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think Fox is going to die on the um, with a billion dollar deal. They're not going to die on the hill of of the, on the CM Punk hill. Like, well, WWE don't want him, so uh, we're going to take him anyway. Vince, we don't care. We're 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 Fox, and it's our show. They're not going to die on Punk's hill, just like they're not going to die on Taz's hill. They're not going to die on anybody's hill. So they worked it out with WWE. And obviously, you know, being at Allstate Arena in Chicago, you know, Rosemont, I should say, uh, Illinois, uh, Survivor Series, excuse me, Survivor Series, I think that's where it is, yeah. And um, that might be a great spot that, you know, you uh, you play cult of personality, a little living color, as my old friend used to call it, which, uh, by the way, as I've mentioned, uh, old school Taz show, I have mentioned in the past um, that uh, I... Uh, I had that, so I was using. I wanted to use that song as ring entrance music uh, back in the day when I was green, 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 green. That's a true story, too. That's a true story, and I didn't do it. And I wonder if that was a mistake. I think it worked out for me, right? But I'm just saying, like I, I didn't do it, and maybe I should have. I don't know. Maybe I should have. I think you guys were happy with War Machine by Kiss and. Uh, all the other songs I had, the, the Cypress Hill and WWE, I think that worked too. People like that. They dug it, right? I think that worked. What else I had? Um, you know what I had when I was a Tasmaniac, real quick before I wrap this up? I had, uh, oh, not Metallica. Who was it? Keep It in the Family. Anthrax. Anthrax did a song called Keep It in the Family. And I think we had that bitch on a loop. And that was old Tasmaniac in WWE. I'm sorry, in ECW. Um, yeah, Keep It in the Family. I had that. <sighs> Never used cult of personality. Was going to. This is way before CM Punk had wrestling boots. <laughs> so that's when I was thinking of using it. Because it was when that song came out, like in the late 80s, that fucking song was badass. It's still badass. It's a great song. But it fits Punk really well. I mean, I'm I have to say it does, you know what I mean, fit him, uh, fit him really good. So it's a perfect, uh, perfect tune for him. So that's it, and uh, and that's the deal. So I, uh, like I said, I appreciate everybody downloading this episode, and and love everybody in this world. You know that. You know how I am. And uh, looking forward to giving you guys some announcements coming up and some changes for yours truly in 2020. Um, and that's that. All right, guys. Look, I'm Taz. You're not. Thank you for subscribing. If you're not subscribing, you should do that. All right, guys. I'll be dropping another podcast this week. Probably two more. To be frank. All right, I'm Taz. You're not. Uh, have a good one. Enjoy Raw. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man. They move. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing Trying to stay up I 
don't want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me 